0: Welcome to Environment Matters with me, Amanda Yorworth. Environment Matters is the show that brings you news on issues of sustainability and the environment from around St Albans and from further afield. Coming up, can we really love those slimy little monstrous slugs in our gardens? We'll see. Now, you'll remember that Save Simons Hyde campaign group was set up four years ago with the purpose of opposing the proposal of Welland Hatfield Borough Council to include an area of land right next to Simons Hyde Wood as an area for new houses in their local plan. Now John Gardner of Save Simons Hyde um, has their latest news. Let's see what he has to say. So, John, what did Welland Hatfield Borough Council decide last week?
1: Well, they reviewed all of the new plots um, that were proposed in the um, recent consultation they did to look for additional sites. Um, there's a fairly lengthy argument about which sites should be included or not. Um, in the end, with um, quite a large amount of debate, it was agreed that Side should be taken out. And I think in the end, councillors from all sides of the spectrum agreed that there were major sustainability issues with Side. So eventually they agreed to take the site out.
0: Right. So when you say take it out, basically to take it uh, out of, of the local plan so that it is not a site which will be considered for major housing development.
1: As things stand at the moment, um, that's where it is, yes. OK.
0: And this th- and this was um, the, the borough council, not the planning inspector who's looking at the, the plan at the moment.
1: No, indeed. When we first thought about it, we didn't know what the inspector was going to say but um, there were already hearings planned for um, the middle of March and the inspector um, has decided to go ahead with those and indeed has written further questions relating to Simon's height. So we will be talking, or um, well, for our sake, we'll be talking about Simonside and they'll also be talking about Birchall Garden suburb as well.
0: Right, OK. So the the, the planning inspector who, who's considering the Hatfield local plan, he's going to go and take a look at the site in March. And this is still going to go ahead, is it? Th-
1: this is still going to go ahead. And I think probably it's worth explaining that the um, inspector only has a simple choice, and that is to either accept the plan or to reject the plan. He can, of course, while he's doing this, um, make comments on the suitability but he can't direct the council to do something um, but he can drop I suspect fairly strong hints as to how he thinks they should behave.
0: Right okay then so I mean the plot next to Simon's Hyde hasn't become more or less sustainable since it was included in the local plan to start off with but What why do you think that they've had this sudden turnaround?
1: Well I think there's been a, a lot of debate about Simon Tide, I think it's got a lot of attention, and I think a lot of the councillors have actually started thinking about it quite seriously. The inspector, um, before we had the council meetings, actually wrote a series of questions, and one of the things he was talking about in that was sustainability, and since the meetings he's um, written um, a further set of questions, again talking about sustainability, and um, though, as you saw, it's quite convoluted language, I think if you summarised it, he'd be saying, is it really sustainable? Right. So I think it's become part of what everyone's thinking about. OK,
0: so so as you say, perhaps actually sustainability becomes something that is more of an issue. It, it feels more of an issue than it was last year. It's become more of an issue that, that councillors are considering, and, and perhaps that was their reason for for taking um, the Simons Hyde village proposal out then. Um, So this feels to be like a victory for you. Is this the end of your campaigning then?
1: Well, I hope it is. I I think for us, in practical terms, we have a lot of work to do to get ready um, for our submissions for the um, hearings um, on the 11th and 12th of March um, because we don't want to take anything for granted. Um, I think the other thing is that when you look at the finances behind this, um, you can understand why the developers would still be very anxious for it to proceed. Um, I think in a purely financial terms I I, I, I I get it i think um in terms of you're
0: referring to the difference between the cost of agricultural land and the cost of land to uh, to housing development
1: yes i mean this, this is worth hundreds of millions of pounds just for Simon'side alone were it to go ahead, not in terms of how much the houses are worth, but how much the plot of land would be worth if the council agrees to take it out of the Greenbelt and make it residential rather than agricultural land.
0: Right, so there's, there's big money involved here, potentially.
1: Yes, I, I think if you look at the government statistics for um, land values for agricultural land and residential land, it's about £9,000 a hectare um, for agricultural land and somewhat over £6 million a hectare um, for residential land in this part of Hertfordshire. Right. And with 56 hectares, that becomes an enormous... Figure.
0: Right. OK, so you think that whilst the the, the, threat, to, uh, the threat of having houses built on uh, the, the land next to Simon's Hydewood, whilst that's gone away for the moment, you feel that actually that economic um, draw will remain, and, and therefore the threat might remain into the future.
1: Well, I hope not. I mean, I hope the developers will actually understand that it isn't just a question of money, it's actually a question of um, being part of the community and listening to what the community wants to do, both the local residents and indeed now the councillors who've realised that this has become, um, you know, a, a very difficult place to put houses right
0: okay then well it has to be said that I've been walking on the the area that they proposed a a couple of times recently and it it is particularly beautiful and particularly quiet Um, it really does feel like like a quiet rural piece of countryside there so um, I I, I think you should be proud of your of what you've achieved Um, do you have tips for, I mean there are other, um, there are other, other places where campaigns are starting up in the same way i 'm thinking about Tittenhanger, for example. Do you have any um, tips for other campaigners starting out on what you started out on four years ago?
1: Well, I think I hope they feel heartened that we 've actually got to this point. Um, I think we 've been fortunate with the people that have actually come on site and we 've been incredibly fortunate with the very wide range and the quantity of supporters we 've got. And I think we did three things that worked well. I think we um, publicised what was going on um, successfully to a very large number of people. And thanks to you and, and a great many other people in the media and with um, people like The Odyssey, who put um, some of Nick Morris's wonderful um, short films on, we, we've got the message across. I think we've also had two very talented um uh, experts in um, planning, as well as a number of other experts who've looked at things like boreholes and so on. So we've brought together a group of um, very good people, and we've spent a lot of time talking to the politicians and trying to make them understand <laughs> why this is important.
0: Yeah, well, it, it, when you put it all like that and explain all the things involved, it does sound like immensely hard work and uh, i'm I'm sure that you have more time to do other things now john
1: yes (laughs) i'll be delighted and so will my wife
0: (laughs) john thank you very much indeed for coming and talking to me about that
1: thanks again amanda
0: and another local campaign group is celebrating some success. The Stop Harpenden-Luton Incinerator Protest Group has reported that Emsrain, the um, company that proposed uh, a big waste incinerator to the north of Harpenden, advised Hyde Parish Council that they will not be proceeding with their application for the incinerator proposal at this time. And whilst we're on the subject of planning, you may have seen that the St Albans Local Plan, that's the document that sets out where major developments like housing will be allowed over the next decade, has again hit the buffers with the planning inspector suspending hearings due to serious concerns about legal compliance and soundness. The exact reasons are not known at this stage. Now, if you're a gardener, you might already have been reaching for the seed packets to get this year's crops underway. And I am planning tomatoes from across the rainbow this year, yellow, orange, purple and, of course, red. But growing your own is not always easy. It can be a bit touch and go, largely because you can wake them in the morning to find out that slugs have wiped out everything. Now, leg regularly feature as number one garden baddie in complaints to the Royal Horticultural Society, and it's hard to find anyone, frankly, with a good word to say about them. But I found someone, and she needs your help. Imogen Cavardino is a PhD student at Newcastle University working at the Royal Horticultural Society Gardens at Wisley and she has launched the first major study of slug diversity in this country for 80 years. Imogen, thank you very much indeed for joining me. So slugs have got a bit of a bad reputation, I suppose a bit, a bit, a bit like wasps, they just seem to annoy us. Do they deserve this bad reputation?
2: Well that's an interesting question that's quite hard to, to know for sure. So there's o- now over 40 species of slug uh, present in Britain and Ireland and we know that they can be a problem for gardeners but the good news is only about nine of those species are considered major plant pests. The vast majority probably do some plant damage but they're not responsible for most damage um, and there's actually a whole group that do not damage plants at all.
0: Oh, okay, so where did, why did you decide to study slugs?
2: I actually decided to study slugs because I was doing a project at the time and I thought, well, what group of animals do I think is absolutely disgusting and horrible and I should probably learn to appreciate a bit more? And I thought, well, slugs are pretty grim. So I started researching them a little bit and then I discovered that um, they can actually get concussion if they fall off objects. Really? So they'll actually lower themselves down using a mucus spread. And that little fact just gripped me and I just thought, this is so interesting. I'd never realised that they had that kind of... I don't know, similarity to us in a
0: way. Wow. You, you're, you're right. You're right on both counts. They do look disgusting and that slimy stuff is horrible. But yes, that, that is amazing, isn't it? They can get concussion. Wow. Well, wonderful world of slugs, hey? That, that is really quite, uh, quite amazing. So how about the, the study that you're embarking on? Where did the idea for that come from? What, why is it necessary?
2: So one of the things we often get asked at the RHS is about slugs and snails. So for a long time, we've been collecting information on this. So we know that it's a major concern to gardeners. But the problem we have is we just usually get sent a picture of damage on a plant. So we know what slug and snail damage looks like, but we can't actually tell you from that, which species is responsible for damaging that plant. So this research is all about trying to actually map where species are in the UK to try and find out more about those species and which ones are responsible for causing damage in our garden and which ones are probably innocent of that.
0: OK, I mean, it's my perception, and I kind of hear it from fellow gardeners, that, that slugs are getting more voracious, you know, they're causing more damage. Is there any evidence for that at the moment or is that the kind of thing you hope to find out?
2: This is the kind of thing we're hoping to kind of find out a bit more about. What we do know is that over the past few decades, more and more species of slug have arrived in Britain and established here. We don't know a lot about some of these species. We don't know if they're actually plant pests or not, some of them. So it is possible that with the spread of these species, we might be seeing more damage to plants or it might not be true at all. We just don't have enough evidence at the moment to know for sure.
0: It might just be that we're moaning gardeners, might it? OK, so um, can you sort of tell us how the study will work and what you need our help with?
2: So we're looking for 60 keen participants to take part from all around mainland Britain. Um, So we're looking for people to actually go out in their gardens to commit to this project to go out once a month at night time with a torch and just collect slugs for 30 minutes and tell us what they actually find.
0: Right. Okay. so I'm thinking that... I could collect slugs. I wouldn't know what kind they are, and they just all look the same to me. Also, I suppose different sizes. Um, How about do you give any training or anything like that?
2: Yes, so that's a major part of what we're trying to achieve. Is we're also wanting those people to help us identify the slugs they find. So we will be providing free training for the sixty people selected to help them to achieve that.
0: Right. Okay. So, so it sounds like actually, if you if you did volunteer and you did did get selected to to take part, you could learn quite a lot from this
2: yeah that's the intention we're hoping to to spread the slug love a bit and hopefully get people recognizing that there's different species in the garden and to be able to tell those species apart
0: okay so sort of here in the southeast it's always a little bit drier than it is in other parts of the country. Is there anything special about the slug population around here that you know or you might like to find out
2: oh, why not We do know that um, slugs are highly impacted by different environmental conditions which can include weather but also soil type so part of what the project will be looking at is actually different garden types as well trying to understand those factors within a garden that might influence what species are found there so that's part of the question we're trying to answer as well
0: right okay so there'll be all sorts of interesting findings so um if we, if we did think, yes, I'm up for that. I don't mind spending half an hour once a month and um, doing a little slug safari around my garden. Um, h- how do we sign up?
2: So applications are open at the moment and they close at 9am on the 2nd of March. All you need to do is go to the RHS website, so rhs.org.uk forward uh, slash slugs count. Yes. So that's rhs.org.uk forward slash slugs count.
0: Right. Okay. Um, and and so we go there to, to sign up. And and just just to finish off, um, do you think we should be loving
2: slugs a little bit more? I definitely think we should treat them with a bit more interest and and possibly respect because they are a really important part of the ecosystem. As frustrating as it can be as a gardener to have them damaging your plants, they're also a really important food source for a wide range of animals, um, and actually can have some beneficial qualities as well because they eat a lot of disgusting materials things like poo dead animals uh, dead plant materials so that's actually quite important recycling
1: okay.
2: uh, nutrients back into the soil as well okay so i think we should learn to respect them a little bit more at least if brilliant. not
0: brilliant brilliant so if we're, if we're feeling really motivated um apply to take part in your survey and even if we're not we should just pay a little bit more interest and give a little bit more love to those slimy visitors to our garden imogen thank you very much indeed for joining me no problem and Imogen did say that her study will last uh, a year and she's promised that she will have results ready sometime in summer 2021. And I, for one, think that they could be really quite interesting. And just to remind you, if you're interested to take a look um, at more about the slug count, it's on the RHS website and you'll find it on the slug count page where you can also find out how right now you can take part in their seller slug hunts, looking for a particular kind of slug. And that's just a sort of a one-off thing to take a look at if you'd like to um, get involved in a bit of slug citizen science. Um, Okay, just a quick reminder that you've got until Sunday to register your event for St. Albans Sustainability Festival, which will be this year from the 23rd of May to the 7th of June. Anybody can register an event for free, um, anything that's aimed at making us a little bit more sustainable, and you can register at sustfest.org. Um, and then, coming up on Monday, there's a thermal imaging camera training session um, uh, in Saint Albans. You can find out more about that on the Sustainable Saint Albans website. The idea is that you can learn how to use the thermo- a thermal imaging camera to seek out the heap- heat escaping from your home, and borrow one of these cameras from Sustainable Saint Albans um, so that you can you can practice it on your house, and hopefully, therefore, um, save yourself some money and some energy. Um, follow me on Twitter at RV environment. Do check us out on Facebook. I'm going to be back at the same time next week. But until then, thank you for joining me.